Okay, let's get started. So we're in the middle of chapter four. Chapter four is called the third E, and the third E is engagement. Um, on right, yes, engagement in your work for more than financial reward. Engagement. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's go. Visualize yourself living your life assignment. Throughout this book, I've introduced you to visualization. A tool that helps you see your future life as if you've already accomplished it. Now I want to help you act as if you've already don't you you're already living your life assignment in the season by giving you a visualization script that will put those pictures into your mind. As always, to so use this script effectively, record it in your own voice or have a friend record it. Then replay the recording to guide you through the visualization session. Let's use the power of your mind to create your ideal life. Your future experiences will start in your mind first, so let's take a journey into your most creative, free, and powerful place ever, your imagination. We become what we most think about. Your new possibilities and success can be created by you and only you. You will become what you think about every day. Let's cut away all limited thoughts and rise above your fears to, place, to the place of freedom and creation. Stand in your power. Success is your birthright. Move in this moment from optional to non-negotiable. Every great leader, prophet, visionary, role model, and legend visualized their future before they took action. Know that you have as much right to the joy, love, happiness, and abundance as any other living creature on this planet, and it's yours for the asking and creating. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Now, choose a quiet place. Turn off your phone. Clear your mind. Everything you need to do will be there waiting for you on the other side of this journey. Let it all go for now. Relax and release any physical tension. Become more committed to your inner images than to your physical presence. Now, I want you to take a deep breath, cleansing breath, filling your abdominal area full of breath. And as you exhale, gently feel your body sinking into a relaxed state. To help you go into a deep level of mind, I will gently guide you through a relaxation of your physical body. Feel your scalp relaxed. Feel this gentle feeling of relaxation flow down your forehead. Now to your eyes. Feel your eyelids relaxed. Feel the sensation of relaxation on your eyelids. Feel that slowly flowing throughout your body. Move to the soothing feeling. Move the soothing. Move the soothing feeling to your face, and your throat, your neck, your shoulders. Feel them sink into deep relaxation. Now your upper arms, your hands, your chest, your abdomen, your thighs, your knees, your calves, your feet, and feel that feeling of relaxation flow all the way down to your toes. Now, visualization script for living your life assignment. Pablo Picasso said, everything you can imagine is real. So true. Now think about your life assignment, the most ideal career or passionate pursuit that will give you an absolute satisfaction, great benefits, and more than enough money. Imagine a perfect day in just such a pursuit. Breathe in deeply. As you exhale, visualize yourself preparing to start your day. It's a new day. You're excited to meet your colleagues. They are supportive, friendly, and cheerful. You have no trouble communicating with your superiors. In fact, they understand you like the back of their hands. See yourself in complete harmony with everyone at work. Your coworkers are so different, yet they seem to be in love with the way you work. They love your ideas, and they never stop surprising you with their support. You are so creative and resourceful at work. You feel great. You feel alive. Feel the feeling of joy, satisfaction, and pride as you go through the events of the day. You're playful, fun to be around, alert, and productive. Now allow yourself to be extremely grateful for this work. Let the feeling of gratitude flow out like a river from your heart. Take a deep breath, hold it, and while exhaling, let this feeling of gratitude emanate from you into the universe as a payment for letting you have your dream career. Amplify that emotion. Fill yourself with it. And now, 
Think about the first step. A task you'll be doing that will help you secure this dream career of yours. Something that you could do today or tomorrow. Once you know what, you, what that task is, picture yourself completing that task. You now celebrate its accomplishment. You are so excited by the amazing possibilities. Feel the excitement in your heart. It's so real. Know that you can attract anything you want. Right now, you are powerfully attracting the conversations, the circumstances, and the people you need to make this manifestation come true. Give thanks and carry with you this feeling of gratitude as you go through the rest of the day. Closing down the visualization process. Slowly begin to feel your back against the chair again. Feel your feet on the ground. Feel your breath again. Become, begin to come back into the room. When you are ready, very gradually start to bring yourself back into the now moment. Now completely rejoin your physical body. Hear the sounds around you in your now environment. When you feel ready, you may open your eyes. Welcome back. Go throughout your day thinking about reciting positive affirmations that support and add great energy to this creative visualization. Remember this in everything that you do. As was said in this in this in the Sermon on the Mount, asking it will be given to you. Seeking you will find. Knocking the door will be open to you. For you will find, knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. Remember to be in radical action towards your goals. Ideas and visualizations are worthless without action. Finally, accept that this visualization is so. This is your future being shown to you like a motion picture with you as a star. All you need now is action, unwavering faith, and a purpose bigger than yourself. I'm your sister in this journey, and I believe in you. The drain game. How to stay infused, enthused, and inspired. Although I've talked a lot about what to do if your job or business is an unfulfilling activity for you, what if you're in a, in a career that excites you, that you plan for, and that you've been happy doing most of your work in life? I applaud you. In fact, I'm delighted. Not only are you in your right livelihood, you're probably living your life assignment in a season. Now it's time to grow yourself as a career professional, as a practitioner, and as a subject matter expert. This will help you stay enthused and inspired about the work you do all day. Even if you have refrained from your job as your investor, there are many ways to stay enthusiastic and inspired. You might even discover a new area of interest for yourself. Growth and skill building is key. Stay inspired through career growth. If you're eager to move up the ladder and pursue an aggressive career path, set yourself on a trajectory. Identify the next career move for you and identify what you most do to qualify for it. If you're a teacher and going back to school would enable you to get promoted and become a school minister, wouldn't you move mountains to carve out the time, find the money, enlist your family support, and do anything else necessary to earn your advanced degree? And if you were just starting out in your career with designs on the, man- on the management or even eventually a more senior position, wouldn't you identify and approach a mentor at your company who's done exactly what you want to do? I find that I personally stay enthusiastic whenever I'm improving, growing, taking on new challenges, or stepping up my game. If you're a business owner like me, but becoming a member of the board at your trade association excites you, but contributing to a major study, becoming a speaker, or adding a book writing to your resume make you feel inspired, does being interviewed in the press keep you enthused? Or what about starting a new division, creating or inventing a new product, or negotiating a major strategic alliance? All this could infuse you with newfound energy for your work. The key is to continually grow yourself, not just your portfolio, to become someone who attracts bigger and more exciting deals and exposure and opportunities. Stay inspired by celebrating career goals, both large and small. When you give yourself bold goals, be sure to break them down into smaller milestone goals and targets to work toward. And every time you achieve a fraction of that goal or a goal in its entirety, celebrate yourself. In our society today, we often find ourselves under-celebrated because we're waiting on someone else to celebrate us. 
A better approach, one that will keep you more enthusiastic, is to celebrate yourself for small bite-sized palatial achievements. I recently met Bishop T.D. Jakes for the first time. He's been someone I looked to as a mentor and a teacher for years, but we never met in person. He's taught me so much over the years through his books, audio programs, and television programs. Years ago, I learned from him that sometimes you gotta bake your own cake, light your own candles, throw yourself a party. That was a great lesson for me. It told me that I've been waiting on other people to celebrate me, and when they didn't, I didn't either. Sometimes months, even years would go by without any celebration until I realized it's my responsibility to celebrate me. When I started celebrating my smaller wins and fill my tanks with bigger ones, I'd invite some girlfriends over and do our own version of Ladies' Night while I take the line into the movies or host my family for dinner in the ball game. No matter what I did, I would always share with my community why I was celebrating myself, then be uplifted as they joined me in acknowledging my work. When I finally met Bishop Jakes in person, I looked him in the eye and thanked him for that baker cake lighted candle lesson. It warmed my heart to see him standing slightly off stage, watching me deliver my presentation. When he first galvanized me through his books and cassette tapes, I was still working out of my walking closet, striving to validate myself in the self-development industry. To look up and see him now, standing in front of the jumbotron at Disney Dreamers Academy, watching me speak with his hand over his heart like a proud papa bear, just meant everything to me. I thought, yeah, I baked my cake, I lit my candles, I threw my own parties and celebrated myself. And I was at the point of my career where others started celebrating me too. I had to fight back tears of gratitude and reverence while standing on stage. Patting myself in the back later, I thought, he taught me something 12 years ago, and I learned my lesson well. To make sure you're continually on track, set small goals that are believable and achievable. And that support larger, and that support larger achievements you want to accomplish. To make sure you're continuing on track, set small goals that are believable and achievable and that support larger achievements you want to accomplish. Whether you plan goals <coughs> to achieve, excuse me, by the end of the week, month, year, or more, acknowledge your success in a way that makes you feel abundant. Stay enthused by becoming a constant and never-ending learner. Being a constant and never-ending learner is another way to stay enthusiastic about your work. Just the process of research, investigation, study, and learning new things keeps your career constantly new, fresh, and exciting. I never want to arrive at optimum knowledge, wherever that place is, because the excitement for me is in exploring. It's exciting to put on your construction hat with the headlamp on the front and navigate what's next for you. Where can you find a thrill of exploration? In books, podcasts, audio sessions, live training, and webinars, summits, and other online events. Delve into someone else's mindset and see where that new insight takes your career business. Being a continuous explorer is something that will keep you energized because learning something new awakens a part of you that wasn't awakened before. It shakes you out of a complacency and jolts you into new thinking. For me, it's almost like a double door opening to new possibilities. I felt that joke when I read The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann, a book about being an integrity-based, wildly successful businessman who had mastered the art of giving at an entirely new level. After all these years of being a CEO, it inspired me to strive further. I thought, okay, there's more to do. I still have time. How exciting. There's someone who's gone before me and mastered the art of serving. They've created a breathtaking, life pouring into others. They created a breathtaking life poured into others. Every time I read something or hear something interesting, or anytime someone creates a new paradigm shift for me, I feel like there's a road I've been bypassing for years. Now I can travel down this road and be a learner. The best part, the best part about being a continual learner 
is that it has nothing to do with anyone else. It's you filling your own tank. It's you selfishly being willing to fill yourself just for your own benefit. Stay infused by becoming a go-to expert in passing on your knowledge. Of course, as we continue to gain new knowledge, the fact that we are servant leaders, givers, and providers dictates that we should pass it on. When you do that, you become an electrifying teacher and a recognized authority, whether in an informal circle with your girlfriends or colleagues or in more formalized settings as an author or public speaker. When you share what you know, you become a more value-added friend or colleague. You bring a greater sense of contribution to any circle that you're a part of. And you become more recognized and immediate authority in the area that you studied the most. Don't be surprised when this benefits your career or your business. Let's say, for example, that you're an entrepreneur who has mastered online marketing. You may have created a complete online launch form with a master self-publishing a book online or learn how to attract the attention of major publishers. That mastery allows you to advertise your services as a go-to expert. You might be an expert in the area of accounting or one of my favorite needs, home and office organization. You too can grow a robust business of career writing skills. What problems are you solving? What joy can you bring? Work is an act of service that you are being paid to deliver for people. One final way to stay inspired and enthusiastic is by looking at what you're accomplishing for people. Whether solving problems, taking away pain, bringing them joy, helping them accomplish their goals, or something else. Ask yourself, even if you're not working with the ultimate end user or customer, whether your work brings relief or joy. If so, you can thrill. If so, you can thrill to the idea that you're closer to your life's calling. Concentrating on the ultimate user allows you to move away from focusing on the mundane, tactical aspects of your job or business to focusing on the outcome instead. One climate of mine, Zenobia Andrews, discovered this truth. Though she was already engaged full-time running someone else's company, she passionately wanted to start her own consulting firm where she could light a fire in other entrepreneurs. Though her time was divided, Zenobia jumped in full force and built her own business in order to be able to work directly with the people who could benefit most from her experience. She wrote a book for entrepreneurs titled All Systems Go and now helps them establish systems that eliminate waste, efficiency, and frustration. An abundance of opportunity, this God we serve is up to change. When you are living abundantly and blissfully engaged in your current life assignment, opportunities to expand your work, gain new knowledge, connect with higher level thinkers, and simply have more fun will also become more abundant. In fact, throughout your working life, opportunities to grow your career, expand your business, and live your life assignment will appear in the form of chance meetings, random conversations, and that intuitive tingle in your belly that doesn't go away. Your job is to listen, investigate, and act if appropriate. Attract more of what you'd like to do. When I think about creating or attracting new opportunity in my career, I know basically what I'm looking for. Opportunities to expand a business, ways to impact more people, and connections that will bring me new markets and new sales leads. In your career, you have a mental wish list too. If you don't make one today, some things come to you with comfort and ease and are just plain fun. If you don't make one today, some things come to you with comfort and ease and are just plain fun. My advice is to write them all down. Better yet, put them on a vision board. Build a wish list of opportunities that you want to come your way to excite you, intrigue you, challenge you, and that you want to bring into your work life and business. Remember, too, that you're a magnet for which you focus your energy on. Discover first what you like to do most. Then proactively look for opportunities to do more of what you like. Not more what you don't like. This guy we serve, he off the chain. Steve Harvey text, texting a message about the Abundance Now book project prior to pitch meetings with New York publishers. Spend time doing research. Ask yourself, what would I like to spend my days, evenings, and weekends doing? This goes for not only your current work, but every other activity too. If you don't know what other opportunities inspires, if you don't know what other, if you don't know what opportunities inspire you, start researching what you like to do. 
Go shopping in your mind. See what people do what that intrigues you. Find those things that make you say, oh, I wish I, I could. If you're thinking of starting a business or a new employment path in one of those newly researched areas as part of your work toward abundance, kick your research into high gear and don't give up your investing, your job just yet. In my entrepreneurial training sessions, I encourage my students to allocate four to six hours of research a week for 30 to 45 days before making any moves. Get a three-ring binder, fill it with the information and data your research reveals. Learn from the mistakes of others in this area. Learn their best practices. Then see if what you're investigating is what you find. You may be surprised at what you find. I once worked with a student who was really confused about how we wanted to roll out his training business. Although I coached him for hours, he never really took off running toward his vision. Finally, I said, listen, do your research. You haven't gotten around to do that yet. A short while later, he called me and was absolutely on fire. It turns out that in the first few hours of his research, he gone online and found a gentleman in the East Coast who was doing exactly what my student wanted to do in the West Coast. Suddenly, he could see himself in the other person's lifestyle, delivering the same kind of content in his own unique way. To this day, he never stopped running. He's constantly building his training company and expanding his vision. In fact, he's now positioned to serve over 10,000 people in the next year because of a few hours of research that allow him to see his training company in action. Since then, He's conducted many more hours of research, but this time on how to grow his business to previously unimaginable heights. Lots of little are better than one big break. I think too many of us are waiting for our big break. Now, one ideal chance that would set us up for life, when lots of excellent but small opportunities for advancement wait, languishing for our attention. This is a particular dilemma for entrepreneurs. Because we're exposed to so many new ideas, trends, marketing schemes, and other opportunities, and because we're accustomed to aggressively pursuing new forms of revenue, we have the knowledge, drive, and support team to do almost anything we want. But should we? I contend that lots of small opportunities which steadily build upon what you're doing now are worth far more in the long run than one big break for which you have to disrupt all your other activities. Abundance is your birthright. From the day you were born, you were allocated on abundance of joy, love, opportunity, and abundance of prosperity, ideas, and resources. It is your birthright merely because you were born. Don't give away this blessing that was allocated to you. Cash in on it and embrace it. Lisa Nichols. This lottery mentality goes to developing multiple streams of income if you're an employee too. Be prudent about the secondary income activities that you get involved in. One area that's often imprudent are the many work-from-home scams that promise to purchase the output of items you assemble from home after buying lots of surprise and assembly parts from the parent company. Other questionable opportunities for secondary income are activities where you simply don't have adequate knowledge, time, or money to fully exploit the opportunity. You make the initial investment, but ultimately you don't make money because it's outside your area of expertise, takes more time than you have to spare, or requires even further expenditure. It's easy to invest in a business opportunity, then spend tens of thousands of dollars more on inventory travel or services, only to see no profits. Not only will you have impacted your family's finances or time, you will have lowered your self-confidence for future opportunities. Stay in your lane and look for smaller projects that you have adequate expertise, time, and money to pursue. For example, consulting in your fields to smaller companies who can't afford a full-time employee, but who will pay you for occasional projects, or subcontract into a firm that already has clients, but doesn't have the expertise to deliver a portion of a contract. You can even advertise your services for odd jobs you're good at, such as organizing home stages, writing, handling publicity, or making repairs. Things that require virtually no investment and very little time. With small opportunities, 
while small opportunities may not send the kids to college, together they could pay for some expenses so you can expand your lifestyle or add to your prosperity. The launch or not to launch business one on one. Although I became a business owner and though the upside for creative work is generally better with the business person working with someone else, I want to be clear about one thing. Not everyone should be a business owner. For many people, perhaps you, their highest form of contribution is actually supporting and partnering with someone else. Depending on your work style, your level of detail, where you are in your career, or personal development, you may work better as a team member versus a leader. To be candid with you, not many days when I've said, God, if I had it to do over again tomorrow, I don't know if I would want to be at the top. Still, I believe being a CEO is my blueprint. It's in my blueprint, but that's not the case for everyone. Of course, this is not a measure of who is more important or smarter because CEOs still need analysts and operations managers and technicians. Moreover, if everyone was CEO, no one would be working in the trenches every day to move the business forward. So while not everyone wants what needs to be in the CEO role, I do think that only a business with responsible planning and effective systems can move you to a place of abundance and prosperity. I won't say it will move you better, quicker, or faster, however. It took me 20 years to get to a place where I could take my company public. And I can't say it's more freeing either because for, for many years I was tied to my business while my friends who were employees got to take vacation days. They didn't have to own the vision and build it too. I believe for the first time in history, entrepreneurship is now a viable career. Eric Reese, author of The Lean Startup. Of course, if you do decide to start a business or you already own one, here's some clear and important advice. Forecast your plans for growth. Focus on the one thing that most business owners think is a waste of time, but that actually is the best use of your time. Navigating the forecast and plans for growth at least 18 months to three years out. Chart the path of where you're going, where, where you want to end up, and what you want to be considered a step or goal along the way. This way, you're not reacting to opportunities, but rather you're creating opportunities in the direction of your plan. Start planning from the beginning, especially prior to the startup. Most entrepreneurs are living off passion, and though that's very necessary, you also need to live off planning. From everything I've personally seen and experienced, it's virtually guaranteed that your business is going to cost you three times more than you thought it would, and take three times longer to develop. Preparation is key to reducing this time and cost. Research your industry, the market, and the competition. Understand your USP, or unique service proposition. That one thing you do better than anyone else in the marketplace. Understand pricing for your product type and research where the market would bear. Understand who your ideal client or customer is, that person who will buy your products and services at a premium ticket. More to the point, what solutions will you offer them? How much will you sustain? How much, how will you sustain your business to keep your audience engaged? There are so many questions that you need to answer and plan a strategy for. But here's why I love these questions. When you make a plan, all you have to do is work the plan. When you don't make a plan, you're forced to make it up as you go along. Get good at marketing. Something business owners don't do enough of is marketing, marketing, marketing. Your company may offer amazing solutions, but if no one knows about them, your business isn't worth anything. Sell like your life depending on it. No one can sell you better than you. Hone the sales scripts, offers, and sales tools you use to sell effectively. Then train others to replicate what you've perfected. If you're going to build a business, build it on cement versus sinking sand. Spend more time learning how to be an excellent CEO than you spend on your area of tech expertise. In the early days of my career, when I focused solely on building my skill set as a speaker, I discovered that I didn't own a business. I owned a job. As long as I was on stage, the business wasn't growing. I was constantly in survival mode. 
However, when I begin to operate like a CEO and focus on building my business on cement versus sink and stand, I begin to focus on the marketing systems, finance, sales system, and overall operations of my business. The result was that I began to generate multiple streams of revenue, making money when I was both on and off the stage. Not only did my annual revenue increase, my peace of mind and joy grew too. Multiple streams of income are the best route to wealth. Be aware that owning a business is not the only route to wealth, or even the best route. Multiple streams of income are, and you don't have to own a business to have numerous stable sources of income. If you work for someone else, but you want to expand your lifestyle and live a life assignment that's not tied to your job, start seeking out other ways to bring in income and at the same time pursue your passion. These include short-term consulting contracts, a blog, coupled with affiliate relationships to sell other people's products to your readers, or a specialized service company delivering something local businesses would rather farm out. In her book, Instant Income, Janet Swisser calls these multiple income streams occasional entrepreneurship. That is, one-time, hassle-free, low-commitment projects that can be found almost everywhere you look. Even back when I still worked for other people, I served as an occasional consultant on local community-based projects where they needed an organizer. Someone to be the voice of the project, plan events, conduct surveys, do marketing, and motivate local residents into action. Reasons not to become an entrepreneur. Understand that if the world was meant to only have entrepreneurs on the planet, there would be no corporate arena, and there would be a whole lot more chaos. Entrepreneurialism by itself is an unstable role to be in. In fact, the average entrepreneur has to be in that role for five to seven years before there's some form of stabilization. If you're considering starting a business or own one right now that's struggling, recognize if you're considering starting a business or you own one right now that's struggling, recognize that most successful entrepreneurs share a common thread. They're self-starters. They're also hungry for sales. No one's going to sell your product or your business better than you. So you have to be great at sales to learn how to be great at sales. If you're adamant that you don't want to do sales, my advice is don't start your own business. The theory, build it and they will come, is just that, a theory. No product or service acquires customers simply by virtue of its existence. Unfortunately, in our culture, entrepreneurship has become seductive. We have a tendency to focus on the sexy part of entrepreneurialism, including the freedom that people talk about so much. In my, in my, I'm my own boss, they say. I don't have to go to the office. But the flip side is, I don't have benefits, I don't have vacation time, and I don't have a steady paycheck. Plus, I'm working $18 a day. Owning your own business isn't a job. It's, it is a lifestyle. If you aren't looking for that drastic change, take a step back before you leave. In my case, I was in business for 11 years before I felt comfortable securing business credit because I never knew what my income was going to be. I was in business 11 years before I was willing to purchase a piece of real estate. It's not that I couldn't afford the property before, but I didn't know how stable my career was. As an entrepreneur, there's a certain level of instability that you need to sign up for. Of course, you can minimize that by living off your savings, but I can't tell you how many people have come to me who are in that reality and are worried because the minute you start your business, the clock starts ticking on your depletion of your nest egg. Even a year's worth of living expenses in your savings account is far too little. Lots of people go into entrepreneurship with the pie in the sky attitude of I'm going to build it, stabilize it, and start earning serious money from it, all in 12 months. Although that can happen for some people, it's not the norm. In my experience, it takes two to three years of solid investing and building to create consistent growth and steady revenue. If you don't have the entrepreneurial spirit, if you're not willing to put in a lot of time, if you're looking to slow if you're looking to slow down, these are all the reasons not to become an entrepreneur. Finally, you have to be a visionary. You have to be willing to walk alone. You have to be willing to be the only one who holds your vision for a while. If all of these realities are not for you, that's okay. There's no judgment here. 
entrepreneurs are not any better than any employees. In fact, I remember 15 years ago when we put Mumble that we were business owners because being an entrepreneur was equated with being flasky, flighty, and too lazy to hold down a real job. Now, <clears throat> with so many successful entrepreneurs getting so much media coverage, this path is becoming more and more validated to the point where entrepreneurship courses are taught at most college, colleges and universities. But don't feel this, don't feel that if you're not an entrepreneur, you're somehow not playing full out. That's not the case. It's supporting or partnering better for you. Even if you never own a business, you can still pursue your passion and purpose in a supporting or partnering role. And if you've built your skills set steadily over time, you'll be in big demand by business owners who need the expertise you have to offer. This is where the consulting lifestyle becomes very lucrative and very freeing. You work only for people and projects you like. You earn good money. You create a lifestyle and schedule that you dictate. This is how I recommend that you become a constant and never-ending learner. My advice here is to acquire specialized knowledge that makes you more valuable for roles where you can prosper substantially. To gain that knowledge, why not link up with someone who is already doing what you want to do? I'm a big believer in the concept of free training. That's why I sat in 35 meetings with Jim, the attorney from Chapter 3. I encourage people to volunteer as much as they can. In fact, we always have several hardworking people who volunteer at my events. Volunteering with us is so popular, in fact, that our team has names for the opportunity. Everything from the backstage platinum plans to world class training to HD to the diamond field of information. Our volunteers do everything from running errands to making copies to handling up to 75 wardrobe changes for on-site video shoots. Just working really, really hard. But the training they get in exchange for that hard work is priceless. Volunteering is fun. You'll be immersed in the work and collaborating with people who are also passionate about that activity. You won't believe the impact it will have on your decisions in the future. Simply supporting and learning from someone who is ahead of you in the field. When you approach others to learn from them, by the way, don't ask, can you train me? But rather, can I be free labor for you? Don't impose my work or for relief and then become a sponge. Finally, if you plan to excel with supporting and partnering, don't hide your light. Support, be a partner, but be the best in your field. Become a leading expert, even a media figure in your niche. Balance is a myth. Balance is a myth. Harmony is a must. Regardless of whether you own a business or support and partner with someone else, it's important to give all parts of your life the time they deserve. And that's not necessarily equal time for all parts. One of the most powerful statements I've ever heard came from my good friend and mentor, Ivan Misner. Founder of BNI International. He said, Lisa, balance is a myth, but harmony is a must. It's true. In fact, for decades, life coaches and personal growth trainers have urged us to strive for work life balance. But if you think about that idea, it's actually unrealistic. Here's why. Let's say your career requires you to work from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. in a typical day. That's 10 hours, or about 42% of your day. Add 8 hours for sleep, and that takes up another 33% of your day. Then there's the approximately three hours per day taking up our tasks such as commuting, running errands, and eating meals. And what's left is just 12% of your day for the life portion of work-life balance. Only when you do the math can you see that work-life balance is a phenomenon that would never be achieved unless you work, slept, and live like this. Six hours work would be 25%. Six hours sleep would be 25%. Six hours task would be 25%. Six hours downtime would be 25%. A far better approach to keeping your life sane is to strive for the harmony my friend even Misner recommends. Make sure that the 
20% or 50% or 12% that you spend in any one area actually gives you what you need. Whether it's 5% of your day spent in exercise and meditation, or 50% of your day spent in building a business, or 8% of your day spent in quality time with your spouse and children. Build benchmarks, boundaries, policies, and systems into these times to ensure they deliver what you need during the hours and minutes actually spent. If you commute one hour per day, attend your own drive time university studying the greatest names in leadership, innovation, self-development, or business via audiobooks or TED Talks. If your family's time is limited due to your career, hire a personal assistant three or four hours a week to handle your record, keep your grocery shopping, laundry, errands, or other tasks that will otherwise cut into this time with your family. And with your job or business, strive to reduce mundane tasks. This is where those volunteers can come in so you can focus on your genius, which could ultimately lead to being able to work fewer, fewer hours while being more productive too. Create abundance through your work before moving on to the final step. Once you apply these newfound insights into your career or business, you can too begin living more abundantly, pursuing your current life assignment with joy, bliss, and enthusiasm. Of course, there's one more of the four E's that we've yet to explore. The endowment approach to money. Okay, so thank you guys for reading for with me today. Um, you know, Abundance Now by Lisa Nichols. If that was the ending of the fourth chapter, engagement, you know. And next time we come back, we'll be diving into chapter five, which is the fourth E, endowment. Endowment for a beautiful future. If you don't know, you're about to know right now. You're about to learn. Education. Feminine. Let's go. Boy, watch your mouth. Get this
And that's way back then. I mean, since I remember consciousness, I remember like, bro, you were really, really one. Like, how you really get the one thing? One, listen, hold on. I'm just looking for this shit. I'm gonna find it real quick. Let me snap back. Blow mm-hmm. so ridiculous. But we can't meet me. Maybe we used to ride tickets. Come on, piss me. Come on, miss me. Miss us and miss me. Hit on. Hit on. Hit on quickly. I ain't even. I just. And I get the. She ain't no. Yeah. Miss me. Yeah, yeah. Look. How you get offended by a tweet? Like. How you get offended by a tweet? Like. How you get offended by the street? Like. You was born in the streets. Like. I mean, it wasn't about you. Really. I ain't even. But I learned uh, some people still hurt. I mean, some people still hurt. Uh, some people ready to be hurt. Listen, uh, some people ready to be hurt. Listen, I gotta be ready to be happy. Uh, that's the mood. That's the vibe. Listen, I'm ready to be happy in this moment. Look. I said I'm ready to be happy in this moment. I appreciate this moment. I appreciate I'm glowing. I appreciate how I am the one. I appreciate how I make right like one like my brain like ring like one. I make it air ring and I make this run. Listen. And then it goes and then it goes and then poses. And these Feeling, you know, me, 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 me,
need to take the tape, right? My tank never want empty. Flow so empty. Flow so crispy. Look at this. I said my flow so crispy.
he's not doing push-ups right, but he does them not right all the time. And I guess he's, he's kind of cheating. But I guess you could do them if, if, if that's the case. If you just do push-ups right when you push up for that age. But he's... I know, I stopped doing push-ups because, like, I thought I was doing it wrong the whole time. I was like, I said, I don't want to hurt my shoulders, so... Yeah, but niggas be injured. Please stand there. Look, why he be pushing? I guess it's due to one of them.
gonna actually push us. He's actually pushing us. Before he wasn't. Because he can't even stay down and do a lot of extra stay down corny shit anymore. Mm -hmm. Now he's gonna push him. <laughs> he only did like 10 pushes. <laughs> he did 200 big pushes. Me so weak before. 
before I met you, I swear I was no freak But now I'm OD, I'm going so deep I think I bust your pipes, cause I feel it slowly Whoa. Uh. Said I know you don't need candy But I got a blow pop for you Said I know you don't need candy, no But I got a blow pop for you Call me Call me Call me Call me, 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 call me,